Hi pals, and welcome to this week's True Crime Tuesday. I'm actually really out of my element this week. I am in a hotel for work, and there is no wine, and I feel kind of weirdly uncomfortable just kind of being here by myself. Um, so I guess we'll see how this goes. Um, I wanted to record, but this hotel isn't particularly like the nicest environment, and also it's dark and I didn't bring my lamp, and things are just not going the right way. So, with that being said, though, I'm pretty excited about this week's true crime that we're going to cover. Uh, it does seem pretty interesting, and I really enjoyed researching it. And actually, the next two that are coming up, I would really, I'm really excited to do because I chose them out of interest and not for any other reason. Not that I don't usually choose them out of interest, it's just sometimes um, you get really into the thick of it and some crimes are more interesting than others. So this one I wasn't sure what I was getting into and then I, the more I researched the more I liked it. So um, yeah, <laughs> funny story about today before we get into things, I ordered Chipotle uh, to my hotel because obviously I don't have any means of cooking for myself. And the guy didn't give me a fork, so I just had to eat my Chipotle with my hands like a barbarian. It was one of the weirdest experiences of my life. I know I could have gone down to the front desk and asked them for a fork or something, but <laughs> the social anxiety struggle is real, so I didn't go down and do that. Okay, sorry, sidebar. There's a funny story, and I just wanted to tell you guys. Um, so this week, we are going to be covering uh, Robert Hansen also known as the Butcher Baker. She's got a really interesting story and I'm excited to tell you it. So let's start off, I'm gonna paint a picture for you. It is June 13th, 1983 in Anchorage, Alaska. A disheveled, handcuffed, and barefoot, 17 or 19, I've seen both. Um, Cindy Paulson manages to flag down a passing driver on 6th Avenue in Anchorage. So he picks her up and drives her to a place called the Mush Inn, which is the actual name of a, a hotel in Anchorage. Um, and she jumps out of the car and runs inside. So Cindy has been picked up. She's just a teenager and she's running in this hotel and she pleads with the ink clerk to call her boyfriend who works at a different hotel called the Big Timber Motel. So um, the person who picked her up, Robert Yount, he continued, he, um, you know, dropped off the girl, thought it was weird, but then continued to work after dropping her off. Like, he went to his place of employment, and he called the police and told them, like, what had kind of gone down. So, the police show up to the Mush Inn. She's not there, and so they go to Big Timber Motel. That's where they found out she's gone to. So, Cindy, the teenager tells police that a man had offered her $200 to perform oral sex and when she got into his car he pulled a gun on her and drove her to his home in Muldoon which is a large neighborhood on the east side of Anchorage. He held her there captive torturing, raping, and sexually assaulting her and she said that while in captivity he chained her by the neck to a post in the basement and he took a nap on the couch. When she woke up he put her in his vehicle and took her to um, the Merrill Field Airport and he told her his intentions were to take her out to his cabin. So he actually owned a plane at this airport. So Cindy was crouched in the back seat of the car. She waited to escape until the man was busy loading the cockpit of the plane, which was a Piper Super Club, if you're into planes. <clears throat> it's a two-seat, single-engine monoplane. 
These types of planes are commonly used by Alaskan state troopers and Alaskan U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services um, just because they're good to navigate the terrain of Alaska. So while um, her captive's back was turned, captors, not captive, she was the captive, this guy, obviously Robert Hansen, I, you know, was trying to be a slick storyteller and not tell you <laughs> who the guy was for some reason. Stupid. Um, so while his back was turned, Cindy opened the driver's side door and ran into the street, which is where we started our story. So um, police found Cindy handcuffed and alone. She was at the, uh, the hotel, and then they take her to the police headquarters, and she's asked to describe her perpetrator, and who she described was the well-known Robert Hansen. So there's actually a really interesting movie about this. Um, so apparently... In real life, Cindy was actually a sex worker, and she had been solicited. Um, in the there's a movie it has Nicolas Cage and somebody else, uh, John Cusack, and it also has Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens in it. She plays Cindy. Um, it's an interesting movie, although I don't know how good I good I would call it. Um, you know, Vanessa Hudgens acting is just really not the greatest <laughs> it's actually almost kind of annoying to watch but and I wonder if this played um, a part in it so Robert Hansen was well known and a baker in the town of Anchorage and Vanessa Hudgens was a sex worker well Cindy in real life um, in the movie they actually had this really interesting kind of play on it where uh, the police are almost slut shaming Cindy I wonder if that happened in real life I didn't look it up uh, but I wonder if the fact that, um, as you'll find out soon, a lot of his victims were sex workers. So I wonder if that had something to do with why it took so long to catch him. If maybe they had other, you know, leads looking his direction, but because he was a man and a well-respected, you know, person in the town, maybe he wasn't taken as seriously. But I, I have no idea. That's just speculation. Um, but it was, in, it was in the movie. It's called, oh, sorry, it's called... The Frozen Ground. It's free on Amazon Prime. I did all my research and then uh, watched the movie. Well, watched half the movie. I mean, from what I watched, was it was actually pretty accurate. It's just some of the acting in that was so god-awful that I couldn't finish watching it. But you might be into it, so try it out if you want to. You don't waste any money. So a little bit on Robert Hansen and how he came to be um, you know, where he was. So he was born February 15th, 1939, and he's originally from a town called Estherville, Iowa. <clears throat> he's a son of Danish, Danish immigrants, and he followed in his father's footsteps to become a baker. Um, when he was young, he was skinny, really, really shy. He had a stutter, and he had severe acne that left him permanently scarred. Um, so he was shunned by the attractive girls in school, and he grew up hating them and harbored fantasies of what he would call cruel revenge. He was a quiet loner and had an unhealthy relationship with his domineering dad. He practiced hunting and archery, and he found refuge in these activities, um, primarily because they were solitary, quiet activities. Um, so when he turns 18 in 1957, he enlists the United States Army Reserve and served one year before being discharged. He was later an assistant drill instructor at a police academy in Pocahontas, Iowa. In Pocahontas, he began a relationship with what articles called a younger woman and was married in uh, 1960. 
<clears throat> so at this point, all things seem normal. You know, Robert has a wife. He had an army career. He has a steady job now. It, it really does seem like he has his life together. But later that year, he's arrested for burning down a Pocahontas County Board of Education school bus garage. And for that, he serves 20 months of a three-year prison sentence in Anamasa State Penitentiary. His wife filed for divorce while he was incarcerated. So between his release, which was in 1962 and, 19, and, and the year 1967, Hansen was arrested and jailed several times for petty theft. Um, and eventually he picked up and moved to Anchorage. So in 1967, he, he picks up, he moves to Anchorage, Alaska, and he kind of restarts his life. And in that time frame, he had also gotten remarried and he has two, two children at this point. So it looks like the move is working in his favor, though. In Alaska, he's well-liked by his community. He, you know, he has a good standing in the town. His neighbors really like him. And he actually sets a lot of local hunting records in Alaska. And, you know, it, it really does seem like he's got his life together. But in 1972, he's convicted of assault and placed to work, and placed to work on a release program after serving six months in prison. And in 1976, he pled guilty to larceny. He was caught stealing a chainsaw from a department store. So he was sentenced to five years in prison and was required to receive psychiatric treatment for his bipolar disorder. Um, his sentences were actually eventually reduced by the Alaskan Supreme Court, and he was released with time served. So when he was released, he was released with a prescription for lithium for his mood swings, but he wasn't ever required to take it. And this is when he opens his bakery. So, flashback to June of 1983 again. Cindy Paulson just described her attacker. And, you know, police kind of had an idea of who she was talking about. So, obviously, Hansen, when brought in for questioning, denies the accusation and says that Paulson was just trying to cause some trouble. You know, she's nothing but a sex worker. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Who are you going to believe, her or me? And... Honestly, it does seem like in this investigation and in the movie, and like, but also in real life, police do kind of take his side. And it's almost like they ignore the fact that he had several run-ins with the law. And, I mean, he was a meek, humble, he was only a baker. So if you look at pictures of him, he does, even in photographs, seem very, very shy, kind of lanky. He's got big old glasses on. Um, and, you know, I think people didn't take him seriously that he could be this kind of calculated guy, like this calculated harmful man. So he, you know, he kind of gets off on this. He had a strong alibi from a friend named John Henning. Um, and this, this keeps Robert from ever really becoming a serious suspect, at least for a while, because he had a strong alibi. And um, the case goes cold, but not, like, years cold. But police don't have any more leads, so it, it doesn't go cold, but it kind of chills. Um, the problem is, though, for years now, bodies have been showing up around Anchorage and surrounding areas. So there's been a lot of bodies, a lot of female bodies, showing up around Anchorage, Seward, and the Matanuska-Sustina Valley area. Sasitna, Matanuska, Sasitna Valley area. And our guy, Detective Glenn Floth, had been part of the team investigating those bodies. So Floth is a pretty cool dude, 
and in the movie he's played by Nicolas Cage which his name's not that in the movie but it's who the character's named off of so um, the first body ever discovered in this vicinity the one that really starts unsettling things is that well they never identify her she, it's still even to today she's not been identified but she was called Eklutna Annie um, for the area she was found. So she was found by construction workers near Eklutna Road in 1980. And then later that year, the body of Joanna Messina was discovered in a gravel pit near Seward. In 1982, the remains of 23-year-old Sherry Morrow were found in a shallow grave near the Nick River. And, you know, these quick succession of bodies all found in the same kind of vicinity. Floth begins to suspect a serial killer, and obviously rightfully so. All these girls... They're all about the same-ish age. They're all found in the same vicinity, and they're all found very close together. So, you know, Floth contacts Special Agent um, Roy Hazelwood and requests a profile to be done based on the three victims. And so what Hazelwood comes up with really puts Robert Hansen in a bad spot, which just shows how great criminal profiling can be. So Hazelwood painted a picture of a killer with an experience with experience in hunting and low self-esteem who may have a history of being rejected from women he may be compelled to keep souvenirs from his murders such as jewelry he may also suffer from a slight stutter so using this profile and knowing that hansen fit the bill and also had a shack on the nick river in the matanuska valley area which was only accessible by a bush plane or a boat and they knew that hansen owned a plane like that Floth secured a search warrant to Hansen's place, cars, and home. So on October 27, 1983, investigators uncovered jewelry belonging to some of the missing women, as well as a barrage of firearms in a hideaway in Hansen's attic. Also found was an aviation map with X marks all over it, hidden behind Hansen's headboard. When confronted with the evidence, Hansen denied the accusation for as long as he could, but eventually began to blame the women and justify his motives. Using each item of evidence, Using each item of evidence, Hansen confessed to a spree of attacks that had started in 1971. His earliest victims were young women between 16 and 19, and not sex workers like the victims who led to his discovery. So, there is a big long list of women who um, Hansen admitted to killing one way or the other and they found out eventually that he would fly these women to the alaskan wilderness and then hunt them down like wild game which reminds me a lot of a book that i cannot remember the name of like oh, i can't even remember it the it was this man who would like take people to the jungle and fight them because man was the greatest hunt or whatever but that's very much like it is but it's in alaska so Here's a list of the known victims, and I will tell you how they found them. So, a lot of these were X's on his map, which is why they were able to determine he killed them. And there's a couple he did, never admitted to killing, but there were X's on his map, or basically where the bodies were found. So, police kind of put two and two together. So, so these bodies were found with Hansen's help. Lisa Futrell, Malai Larson, Sue Luna... Tammy Peterson, Angela Federn, Teresa Watson, and Horseshoe Harriet, which Horseshoe, Horseshoe Harriet was a woman they were never able to 
identify. Police found the bodies with Hansen's help. Um, these next women are people that Hansen admitted to killing, but their bodies were never found. Paula Golding, Andrea Fish Altieri, Sherry Morrow, and Roxanne Eastlin. Ekletna Annie was um, found in 1980 by construction workers. Dylan Sugar Frey, her body was discovered in 1985 by a pilot testing new tires on a sandbar of the Nick River. Um, Joanna Messina, her body was never found. Um, these next ones were denied but, but suspected because of the X on the map. So Celia Beth Van Zanten, Megan Emmerich, Mary Phil, and all these girls and women were between the youngest was 17 and the oldest was 28. Of the 17 women, Hansen was only formally charged with the murder of four. So Sherry Morrow, Joanna Messina, Eklatna Annie, and Paula Golding. He was also charged with the kidnapping and rape of Cindy Paulson. He showed investigators investigator 17 grave sites in and around the central, south central Alaska area. 12 of which were unknown to investigators. There were marks on the map that he refused to give up, but um, they believe those to be the graves of Mary Phil and Megan Emmerich. He never admitted to killing them, but because, they, because of the situation they were in, it was almost like you could put two and two together and just know that they were part of his just awful <laughs> conundrum that he had here. Um, the remains of 12... Victims were exhumed by police and returned to their families. Hansen was sentenced by a jury to 461 years plus life in prison without the possibility of parole. He was first imprisoned in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, but in 1988 he was returned to Alaska and briefly incarcerated at Lemon Creek Correctional Center in Juneau. He was also imprisoned at Spring Creek Correctional Center in Seward until May 2014, where he was transported to Anchorage Correctional Complex for health reasons. So he died at the age of 78 at the Alaskan, Alaska Regional Health Hospital in Anchorage on August 21st, 2014 due to lingering health conditions that were never released to the public. And that is our man Robert Hansen, aka the Butcher Baker, showing that quiet weird guys can be just as creepy as, you know, normal dudes <laughs> so um thank you for listening if you don't follow cavernie and true crime uh we're on instagram and by we i mean i because it's just me for now which might be a spoiler alert but that's exciting <laughs> happy true crime tuesday and uh let me know what you think <laughs>